On this episode of the Naturist Living Show, a summer naturist vacation in Quebec. This episode of the Naturist Living Show is brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. At Bear Oaks, we offer traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Free your body, free your mind. www.bearoaks.ca Welcome, dear listener, to episode number 44. And I have to start with an apology because I did not get this show out in June as I would have for the first time in a couple of years. I did miss a month. I always try to get one per month. And unfortunately, it was, um, it's been a tremendous summer so far uh, in southern Ontario, near Toronto, in, and at Bear Oaks. We have been overwhelmed, literally, with visitors. Uh, new people visiting for the first time. We've had uh, incredible weather. It started in March, and uh, we've had hot, sticky summer weather, perfect naked weather, since uh, May, almost nonstop. And so it has been incredibly busy. When you combine that, actually, uh, with the incredibly busy uh, long weekend, uh, the July 1st long weekend, July 1st is Canada Day in Canada, Uh, just like July 4th in the United States or July 14th in France. And uh, we had, during that long weekend, our busiest and most successful volleyball tournament ever, the most teams. I'm sure the weather had a lot to do with it. And the fact that this was our sixth tournament uh, meant that there were a lot of people. The park was truly overrun and overwhelmed. Uh, We're having problems with lack of parking. We're having problems with running out of water. Um, these are not good things, but I guess if you're going to have a problems, those kinds of problems because of capacity are wonderful. On top of that, with the uh, record heat wave that we had, a uh, member um, came by my trailer one day when I was working and suggested that I should do a press release uh, just saying how taking your clothes off was a great way to deal with the heat. And I thought about it, and then I spent about 15 minutes writing up an email that talked about... Uh, Thermal regulation and was titled something like uh, nudity, the natural way to keep your cool. And I sent it out to my list. Sometimes when I send out to my media list, it, it gets virtually ignored. But this time, it really got a lot of pickup. Several radio stations played it uh, almost immediately that day. And then afterwards, we uh, we were on a very popular morning TV show. They actually not only talked about it for a minute and a half... They actually downloaded video from our YouTube channel and played it on television. Then we were visited by a, a newspaper reporter and a photographer, and the big, actually the biggest circulation newspaper in Canada, the Toronto Star, and they did a very good article with photos. And they also it was picked up by a free distribution newspaper uh, called Metro, which is distributed in all the subways and uh, trains that commuters use in Toronto. All told, just the newspaper coverage reached over 1.7 million readers. Uh, Not bad for uh, 15 minutes of work. And uh, the result was uh, pretty amazing as well because we we had one Saturday where we had 17 first visits. And they were all couples or families, so that's at least 34 people that came for their first visits. And we regularly all summer have 
easily 10 people on a Saturday or a Sunday coming for a first visit. So all of that to say that I apologize that I couldn't get it out, but I couldn't get it out for the end of June because of the volleyball tournament, and then all that media attention kept me busy for the beginning of July. But we're here finally, so we're going to have some interesting topics to discuss today, actually a fairly uh, long show with a lot of topics. first thing I want to share with you was an analogy that I used in a discussion the other day. Because um, I, I, I keep talking about naturism not being about taking clothes off. It's a lot more than that. It's not actually about nudity. It's about the respect for self and respecting others and uh, getting closer to nature at the same time, being more natural in a more natural state, which should be normal, but is not the norm, so I guess it's not normal, but it is a more natural state. And a nudity is simply a tool to reach that state of being. It's a tool that is relatively shocking because it's so deeply ingrained in our psyche. And so I was explaining this to somebody. It's like with your computer. You know, every now and then your computer starts acting funny and it's all screwed up, so you have to reboot it. And taking your clothes off is such a drastic thing to do for most people who are not used to it. Being nude with others is so... um, jarring that it is essentially like a hard reset for your for your psyche for your mind it forces you to address other things uh, deeply held things deep issues you might have and it allows you to sort of reset and restart yourself and we have to keep kind of doing it because just like a computer just a reset doesn't always solve the problems you do have to work on whatever the conflicts are in the system as they are in your emotions and in your mind and in your psyche but that reboot that you do every time you are nude with others, that reset that allows you to relax and be yourself and be yourself with others and see others as yourself, that is the, uh, the hard, jarring reset that you need to get you going, to get you started again. And we need to do it all the time, unfortunately, because most of the time we live in a world that screws us up and messes us up. So we need that regular hard reset by going to a naturist club or a nude beach or somewhere where we can practice naturism with others and really get that therapy that we need to help us cope with the messing that the world does on us. I, had, I get a lot of emails, of course, and I appreciate reading every one of them, and I do try to respond to every one of them. And by the way, if you don't get a response, and maybe that I didn't get it or that I somehow missed it, I just noticed I missed uh, several emails going back to March for some reason when I was looking back through my uh, email list and of what I've replied to and didn't reply to. So I apologize to those that I did not reply to right away. I think I've reached everyone now. But I got an email from uh, Philip, and uh, we had a show of a few episodes back about uh, young adults and teenagers and how certainly at Bear Oaks we have no problems attracting them and in some ways that many of them uh, are finding a a deeply held philosophy more interesting and more appealing um, than a casual clothing optional environment. What I got here was an email from Philip and uh, I'll just read it to you. He says... uh, Greetings. Something has been on my mind concerning teenage naturists 
based on my own experiences and a few videos online. I have been to clothing optional clubs where teenagers were never nude, even to the point of avoiding a swimming pool. When it comes to not clothing optional clubs, I do agree with you on the notion that if they didn't want to eat Italian food, I wouldn't go to an Italian restaurant. However, what about teenagers who live with their parents at nature's clubs and resorts and do not wish to be nude for whatever reason? They don't exactly have a choice in living there and would probably move away when they are old enough. But how do non-clothing optional clubs deal with this situation when the teenager in question does not have a choice to be there? Isn't it just as bad to force them to be nude against their will as it's bad to force them to be clothed? Thank you for your time. So I responded to Philip, and I, he certainly does make a good point, but I thought I would share with you my response because I think that it's, it's a good point he makes, but I don't, uh, I still think that you have to be consistent with your rules, and you have to uh, have a place that stands for something. So when you deal with teenagers in a situation like he describes, there's only two possible options. They come to the club because they have to, because they're with their parents, and they have to respect the park rules. So because they have to respect the park rules, they either, uh, in, in the case of Bear Oaks, they're allowed to stay on their site and keep their clothes on and can, don't use any of the facilities, which must be very boring, um, or they take their clothes off because they're forced to, and they either learn to enjoy it and appreciate it, or they get out of it completely when, as soon as they can. Of course, I always, I said before, I hate to use the word force because it implies, you know, that we are, you know, almost like there's somebody with a whip forcing people to take their clothes off. It's, it's not like that. We make our children do all kinds of things because they're important values to us. I make my children brush their teeth. I make my children eat healthy foods. I make my children go to school. I make them do their homework. I make them do all kinds of things they don't want to do, but it's for their own good. And if we really do believe that naturism is good, for your physical health and your mental well-being, then it makes sense that we force them, if you're going to use that word, even as teenagers, because it's the right thing to do, just as I do brushing their teeth or following a particular religion or being a vegetarian if I believe that that was important to their health. So they either enjoy it or they get out of it completely. So it certainly is possible that they will resent it. And it doesn't matter what it is, you know at some point your teenagers will rebel and they will do the opposite of what you want. And that may go against naturism and we, we may lose some. But let's say that we decide, as many clubs do, to allow them to keep their clothes on. Now, first of all, being dressed disrupts the environment for others. And I've discussed why clothing optional is uh, doesn't work very well and why a true nature's philosophy does not tolerate that. And I'll put a link to that because I don't want to go through that again because there's a whole show you can listen to uh, about that discussion. But let's say that they do keep their clothes on because they're allowed to, and let's forget the fact that they disrupt the environment. They probably feel odd being the only dressed people. There's a chance that they'll eventually adapt and enjoy it, but there's also a chance that they become confirmed textile because they're allowed to do it. They never are forced to keep going with it. So as soon as they've got a chance, they probably leave anyway because they feel odd in the company of all these people who always have their clothes off. They probably feel some pressure to take their clothes off. And the problem with the second option where you allow them um, is it also causes other damage. 
it, it's unfair to other families who are trying to raise their teenagers as naturists. And let me explain what I mean by that. Uh, when I first took over Bear Oaks, uh, the first year we had the volleyball tournament that I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I was still trying to figure out what to do with things. And the volleyball tournaments allow, uh, well, bring in a lot of people from other parks and other places and all over North America where there's different policies. And so when we first started, there was a couple of families that came with teenagers. Two of them had teenagers. And these teenagers um, were very comfortable taking their clothes off. Um, they were there early because their parents were helping with the uh, setup of the uh, volleyball tournament. It was our first one. There was a lot of work to be done. But the teenagers were nude all the time. There was no issues. There was no problem. But as the tournament began, another family showed up that also had a teenager. They, I agreed because they requested to let the teenager wear uh, her clothes. Um, within a few hours... The other two teenagers, one of which was also a girl, were dressed as well. The peer pressure imposed by the first teenager with the clothes completely overwhelmed the other two. So, yeah, teenagers are a bit awkward about their bodies and nudity, and that can certainly make it awkward. But sometimes the rules give them the confidence to overcome those fear and the awkwardness and allow them to continue to develop as naturists in a naturist world. So no matter what the option, we might lose some. That's just the way it is with teenagers. They're going to do the opposite of what their parents want. I can tell you that the other thing that happens is we have young adults and teenagers who've come because they want to rebel against their parents. So it goes both ways. But I don't think there is one solution, and I think the harm that comes by allowing them to uh, be clothing optional uh, hurts the club and doesn't necessarily help them anymore than having a rule that they too must comply with regulations. And besides, I've noticed that it, most clubs where teenagers are allowed to wear clothes, the rule is still that you have to be nude in the pool. And those same teenagers have to, don't seem to have any problems taking their clothes off in the pool and swimming together with other teenagers. So obviously, it's not that traumatizing. Uh, I think the bashfulness is, is the, uh, something that they feel they must show in front of others if they're allowed to. So in a way, having the rules make it easier. But I'm not going to say that all teenagers will agree to that. We have lost some, and that will always continue. But as a parent, I think it's important that we teach them to respect the community standards, to respect others, to respect their bodies, and only by practicing naturism can you really do that. Obviously, I love Bear Oaks and I love every, uh, the way it's developing and I, you know, I am imparting my philosophy and my view of how naturism should be on Bear Oaks. And I think that's one of the reasons it's working well. Um, but I can't often take a vacation there. So I've talked before about places I've gone to. Uh, we go as a family on vacation because it's much easier to relax when it's not your workplace. And Bear Oaks can still be a very relaxing place for me, but I can't take a vacation all the time because it's very difficult to completely get away from the fact that I am the owner, I am the manager, and I care about everything that happens there, and I worry about everything that, that, that happens at the park. 
So I've gone to Cypress Cove, and I we did a whole show about visiting Cypress Cove. Um, but last summer, we went to another one of my favorite uh, naturist park called La Pommerie in Quebec. La Pommerie means the apple orchard. Um, and uh, it is an old apple orchard. It's a very large property. It's a beautiful property. And the owners and the members there very much reflect my views about naturism, the ones I talk about in the show all the time. Um, it is uh, probably more natural. It's certainly larger uh, in scale than Bear Oaks. Um, but it, uh, so as a result, there's more nature, more trees, uh, more open spaces. That does make it a little bit challenging for the owners because there's more grass to cut and more uh, property to maintain. But it does make for a beautiful place to ride your bike and walk around and visit and spend some time. Uh, really be natural in a place where everybody is similarly minded um, in terms of naturism being a life philosophy. One, one of the things, though, that makes it really unique, uh, besides being francophone because it's in the province of Quebec, is uh, that it has a vineyard. And uh, it is, as far as I know, the only nature's club that has a vineyard. They make hundreds of bottles of wine every year. It, it, it's their volunteers who uh, do the work of, uh, they each take a row or a few rows, and they, they cultivate all uh, summer, all spring, summer, and fall, their, their row of uh, grapevines. And then they pick, and then they get together and uh, crush the grapes and... Uh, make the wine, and of course, they get together as well to taste the wine. And when I was there, I was lucky enough to be invited, because normally visitors don't get to participate. The wine is only for those who work on it. But they were kind enough to uh, invite me to participate in one of their wine tastings. And of course, drinking wine is uh, a wonderful social activity to do. And it's, uh, I love having a glass of wine with friends, and, and I love the variety of wine. I love the fact that. I could drink a different bottle of wine every day for the rest of my life, and it would never have to be the same bottle because there is that much variety and that many producers around the world. And I love the fact that each one tries to do something unique and different. And it doesn't have to be expensive. Um, and the wine that they make at La Pommerie is uh, very good as well, and they really appreciate and enjoy their wine. As I guess it's a bit of a cliche, isn't it, that uh, French-speaking people would enjoy wine, but it's true. When you have the Latin... Uh, background to your culture, you have a bit more appreciation, I think, of the finer things in life, uh, joie de vivre, as they say in French. And so it, it, it really adds a wonderful note to La Pommerie, but it's not just the vineyard, it's also all the facilities. They have a great restaurant uh, with great style where people really get together and have communal meals together, not necessarily as one big table, but they often get together to break bread. They have a wonderful arbor outside where you sit under vines and uh, enjoy a meal. And it's also a tremendously family-oriented park, as you might expect. Uh, there's always lots of kids around the pool swimming. Um, there's lots of families walking around. And, of course, everybody is nude because they do believe that they are, you should not be clothing optional. They believe that nudity is a key tool 
to reach those goals of self-acceptance and acceptance for others and getting closer to nature. So nudity is not optional at Apamri, which is another reason I like to go there because I really feel at home as a result. The kids, uh, there's lots of activities for kids, and when we were there, actually, um, we, uh, they had uh, Halloween, I think it was in July, Halloween in July, and uh, the kids all get loaded up, uh, dozens of them, uh, on a, uh, I think it's like a hay wagon or something like that, and it gets pulled by a tractor, and they go all around and stop in front of all the uh, trailers and uh, cabins, and uh, they ask for candy, and uh, what you hear them singing on veut des bonbons, we want candy, is what they say as they go throughout the park. To the great joy of the children, of course, when they get candy, but also the joy of all the adults who are happy to give them candy as well. Uh, one of the first members of La Pamerie was uh, Michel Vaïs. And uh, you will recall Michel Vaïs because I did a, an episode, number 34 in September of 2011, on naturism in Quebec, and he was the founder of the... Fédération Québécoise de Naturisme, the Quebec Naturist Federation. He's also the author of a book that's now out and is available through the, the Bear Boutique called Nu Simplement, which is a wonderful book about naturism. Um, but he was one of the earliest members of La Pomerie, and so uh, I sat down with Michel and asked him to tell me about the history and how it started. So Michel, you were one of the first members of La Pomerie. Yeah. Uh, how did it, tell me the story of La Pommerie. Well, I was still in France uh, in the 70s. Uh, I was uh, finishing my uh, four years in Paris as a student when I met Jean-Marcel Boucher in a naturist uh, center in Corsica. And uh, he was uh, a, a naturist. He came from Quebec. Uh, he was of French origin. He was born in France and he arrived in Quebec in the 20s and, uh, uh, to become a um, uh, veterinarian. So he studied veterinary uh, medicine here in Quebec and then eventually he became a vet. <clears throat> but he worked mainly outside of Quebec as a, um, a functionary of the Quebec government in Africa, for example. And when I met him in Corsica, he was finishing a mission of um, several years in Africa. So uh, he was uh, very impressed by uh, naturism when I met him in Corsica. And then I went back to Quebec, he went back to Quebec, and uh, we lost track of each other, and each other. And then once I saw an ad about La Pommerie in a newspaper, a newspaper called Nudiste du Québec, which was a kind of uh, soft porn uh, magazine uh, coming out uh, every two weeks. But they sold 15,000 copies of their magazine. It was like a tabloid. It was a tabloid called Nudiste du Québec. And uh, uh, they had uh, some uh, stories about uh, naturism, but they also had uh, uh, ads uh, of people who wanted to, uh, uh, you know, uh, swingers. And, uh, and they had uh, stories about the, the... They were obsessed by the... <laughs> by the, the best uh, buttocks, for example. They, they, so they had a whole story about the, 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 the most beautiful buttocks, you know, and, uh, and the penis, and the, they spoke about the, 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 the uh, ladies' sex, you know, should it be shaved or not? You know, they, they had really important questions like this. 
And and they they uh, stole photos for their for their magazine everywhere they could in penthouse in Playboy in Playboy in nature, French naturist magazines because when I founded the Quebec Naturist Federation for the f- first couple of years I distributed the f- the French naturist magazine here in Quebec La Vie au Soleil and the members the first members of the FQN received a, a free subscription to La Vie au Soleil so I had received a a whole bunch of those magazines uh, present and old magazines which I distributed everywhere. So they took some of them and they they used some of their photos for their magazine, Nudiste du Québec, you know. And uh, anyway, but it, it was the only publication speaking about naturism in Quebec. Naturism, nudism. That was in the uh, 75, 76. And uh, Jean-Marcel Boucher, who founded uh, uh, La Pommerie, put an ad in this magazine to announce the f- creation, the future creation of, of a, a naturist uh, center of European inspiration that would be called La Pommerie. So I came here and it wasn't open yet. It was the, the year before it opened. And I recognized Jean-Marcel, of course, whom I had seen in Corsica two years before. And he said, oh, yes, from, uh, from this uh, time uh, when he was in Corsica, he was really interested in uh, uh, opening a nature's camp. So he f- eventually found an orchard, uh, and this is uh, where he created his camp in 1976. And opened uh, formally, I think, I don't remember if it was 76 or 77. Anyways, I was there from the beginning, and I... Uh, bought a trailer which I installed here and I'm still there uh, 34 years later and uh, Jean-Marcel uh, um, wanted to do s- at the beginning for the first years he he, he was um, surrounded with artists you know there were um, um, uh, painters uh, I remember there were uh, some uh, sculptors who were there too he wanted La Pommerie to be a kind of uh, uh, artists' place, you know, where we could could be nude, of course. Uh, it was naturist, but it was also ecologic from the beginning. You know, it was called Centre Naturiste de Récréation, Centre Écologique Naturiste de Récréation et de Camping. So the, the words ecology, naturism, and so on were all present from the beginning, and. Um, so the uh, the uh, the atmosphere here was very special because it was uh, very different from other naturist camps that opened. For example, it's the only one where there was no and there still is no uh, loudspeaker to call for the members. You see, there is absolutely no question having having some loud music near the swimming pool or near the lake, except exceptionally, you know, where there is a like today. In July uh, 2011, we have a beach party. So it happens exceptionally. But the rest of the time, uh, music should be completely uh, silent. I mean, you should not uh, have any loud music. People must use loud uh, uh, earphones. And uh, the car uh, circulation is reduced to the minimum. People go around with their bicycles or walk. And... um, from the beginning, we had um, um, a jardin potager. How would you say that in English? Uh, uh, a uh, uh, community garden. Community garden. Community vegetable yeah. garden. That's right. We still have it now. But I be- remember at the beginning, it was much popular than now. And everybody had their own uh, part of this community garden. It was, of course, bi- organic garden. And, 
And now we have a, a, a vineyard here, a vineyard, mm -hmm. uh, which the new owner, Gilles Beauchamp, started already uh, 15 years ago. I mean, uh, because eventually, after having been here for 20 years, Jean-Marcel sold the property to a group of members. They were 16 at the time, uh, and uh, each had some shares in La Pommerie. And, uh, and then eventually, one of them, Gilles Beauchamp, bought all the other people's shares, and he's the new owner of La Pommerie. So it's a place where you have uh, larger lots than in other uh, uh, campings, uh, whether it's textile campings or naturist uh, centers, where you have absolutely no... It's forbidden, for example, here to have some uh, of these plastic decorations that you see in so many places, you know, those uh, uh, Fleming... Uh, the Flamingo. Flamingo and uh, the... <laughs> <laughs> the, this type of uh, uh, the, the, the wheel, you know, with the flowers in the middle and all those, that kind of decoration is completely forbidden here. I mean, it has to be much uh, more sober and uh, close to nature. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, no noise is allowed here. You can't use a, lo a lawn mower on Sundays. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, well, it's, and, and there's a lot of space. There's a lot of space. There's a huge swimming pool. There's, a, there's all these, these wooden um, areas around the orchard, which are uh, very nice too. They, they, are, they, are, they allow us to breathe, you know. Uh, it's a very large uh, camping uh, place. And we have some special activities, like, for example, when uh, in the first years of La Pommerie, we had some uh, specialists in the mushrooms who came, um, some mycologists who came and initiated some of us to picking mushrooms. And I still pick my own mushrooms here. I mean, we're not uh, very many, not very many of us still do this, but uh, some of them, some uh, of us. The first uh, owner was uh, Jean-Marcel? Jean-Marcel Boucher, yeah. Uh, how did Jean-Marcel Boucher do with the development? Was it successful? Did he, uh, did he, was, he, was he making money? Or was he just wealthy enough to make it work? Well, he still worked as a vet uh, all, uh, until he retired at the age of 65. So, uh, but La Pommerie was his sideline. And I think it worked because he had many visitors and he developed, he kept developing La Pommerie uh, uh, he opened uh, Le Boisé, which is a new uh, area in La Pommerie that they developed. But, oh, but they are limited because of the zoning uh, here. It's, it's uh, agriculture zoning, and they tolerate a camping place. But you cannot build uh, cottages, for example, or any other uh, equipments than the ones which existed when the property was uh, uh, acquired. So um, there's uh, the old farmhouse, which is still there. There's a restaurant. Uh, uh, but, I mean, you cannot build anymore. You cannot develop anymore, except now they discovered that you're allowed to have some yurt. A yurt, which is a type of uh, tent. Siberian tent, yes, on a platform, but quite huge. I mean, yeah. it's uh, round, you know, it can be 30 meters uh, in diameter. So this is allowed. But you're not allowed to have uh, uh, mobile homes, for example. Mo you call that mobile homes? Mobile house? Mobile homes, yeah. Mobile homes. You're not allowed to have this here. So when the... Uh, now with Gilles Beauchamp, yeah. uh, has it changed under his leadership? Well, Gilles Beauchamp is very dynamic. He's, uh, he's an architect. He likes things to be nice looking, you know. He, uh, 
he, he wants to preserve the ecologic and uh, 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 atmosphere of La Pommerie. He wants it to be nice environmentally. He wants to have flowers and so on. So there are many volunteers who, who do that, you know. The, many people take care of a in plateband de fleurs. How would you say that? In plateband, which uh, is a, a flower garden. Uh, a flower garden. Well, flower. For example, all around the swimming pool, you know, yeah. there are flowers. Yeah. Uh, on so some members take care of that. You know, other people, for example, uh, uh, adopt a tree. You know, uh, so the, so the, it's their tree. So they have to take care of it. You know, the the branches and so on. And uh, and and Gilles Beauchamp is very dynamic for that. But uh, he's still working. I mean, uh, even though he retired, he's still working very hard as an architect, as an engineer, and so on. He's the one who created the vineyard. You know, so, so, and, and we have wine tastings. It's the only nature's club I know, anyways, in America, where you have a vineyard and wine, and real good wine. They're even, even doing some ice wine, which is tremendous. They can't sell it. They don't have enough to sell it outside. But they, 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 they use it. I mean, here, we, we have some very special um, initiatives that some members have taken. For example, some of our members have uh, horses, and you've realized here that there are two horses, and uh, they can they take care of them uh, personally, those members, but they, they, they ride them, and they uh, give tours to, uh, to kids, you know, in La Pommerie. I mean, you can go there anytime, and they will give you a tour, or, or to your children. And also, uh, one of the uh, um, members here, uh, here has offered to organize l'apéro musical, which means a musical aperitif, hein? l'apéro musical from 5 to 7 p.m., uh, about once a month, Saturday, they have uh, this concert, you know, uh, on, uh, on um, recorded uh, music. They, they install some very huge loudspeakers at the beginning of the orchard, you see, close to the swimming pool, and then uh, everybody comes with their, uh, their chairs, you know, and, uh, and you're there for a couple of hours, and you can have uh, 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 sparkling wine, you know, for two dollars, you know, the glass, and so Gilles Beauchamp uh, or, uh, um, started all these initiatives, you know, in La Pomme. Like last year, they decided to have the Olympics, here in La Pommerie. So there were many, many people involved. I mean, most of the members of La Pommerie were involved and they, there was competition for adults, for children. There was a lot of animation and people like this, you know. But it's special. I mean, it's, uh, they're doing sp some special things in La Pommerie that you don't see elsewhere. But, of course, not everybody appreciates this. Some people find La Pommerie too dull. <laughs> so, well, there are other places for them. But those people who like uh, uh, listening to the birds and, uh, you know, be quiet in nature and uh, finding other people who uh, share those values, well, are happy here. The current owner of La Pommerie is Gilles Beauchamp. And uh, he's also a, a good man. We share uh, an interest in architecture. He's an architect himself. Um, he is one of the key people that uh, loves to make wine and drink wine and enjoy wine and enjoy life. And he bought La Pommerie from uh, the original owner uh, with a group, and he now owns it exclusively because he bought it to all the other partners. Um, I am pretty sure he's not looking to make money. He's trying to make it profitable, but it's clearly not 
the best investment of the money, of his money, if he wants to make a huge return on it because he's investing so much and keeping it and going and making it better and bigger. Um, but he does have some great ideas and he does want to pass it on to his children and uh, make it uh, successful. So I sat down with uh, Gilles and uh, he told me a bit more about La Pommerie, where it is and where it's going. I discovered what it is for me now after maybe 20 years. But the, the main important thing when you, when you go in a naturalist camp, it's an act of humility. You arrive in the site and you say to everybody, here I am. You, you cannot fake. <laughs> you show where, how you are. And the relation between the people change completely because you don't have any mask to, 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 to hide yourself. And uh, that, that's what I prefer in naturalism. Uh, maybe in the, the first uh, 15 minutes, it's not easy when you arrive for the first time, but after uh, half an hour, you say, okay, here I am. Uh, I'm fat, I'm, uh, I have uh, maybe, uh, you're not, nobody are perfect, especially the women, because they, all their life, they, they, they compare uh, themselves with a magazine. And of course, they are always, uh, it's always worse than in the magazine. But what they realize when they arrive in the nudist camp is, oh, I'm not so bad. Uh, and uh, another thing which is very interesting for me, I'm here since um, 36 years now, and um, I know some person when they were, I knew when they were eight years old, 10 years old, and now they are 44 years old. So I saw them before they became uh, uh, Ado or a teenager. Mm -hmm. I saw them as teenager, and after that, they uh, became pregnant, and uh, the, 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 the body changed, and now they are 45 years old. So it, it, it's rare in your life that you have the, the occasion to see the same person from eight to, let's say, 50 years old, and realize all the transformation which mm -hmm. uh, uh, occur in your bodies. You were, you were a member since the very beginning, and uh, obviously a, little, a few years younger, um, but you were just a member, and at one point you became the owner. Yeah. Why? Why would you do that? In fact, it was a big decision in my life because... Uh, when I arrived here, I was 30 years old with a small kid, two years old. And uh, I have now three children, so uh, they, are, they were all um, raised here and they lived here and they enjoyed the place and I enjoyed the place. And uh, it was a decision to say, okay, uh, if I want to uh, to continue with this type of life, I must uh, buy it and uh, manage it. And at the beginning, we were a lot of friends and say, okay, let's buy it and we will uh, have uh, plenty of fun and we will uh, continue to, to live in the, the nature, within the forest, with friends. But uh, 
it's not very easy to 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 manage a, a camp like that. We were at the beginning, we were we were 16, <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine the the number of meeting and discussion we had, uh, and uh, not only discussion, but uh, when problem, especially uh, financial problem, occur. Uh, some some people didn't want to to continue, so uh, I bought I, I bought one and another one and another one. So uh, after uh, maybe ten years, I decided to to buy uh, the, the the whole thing and to manage it by myself. Uh, is it a good decision or not? Uh, it's not really important now. Uh, the maybe in the 20 years the, the, we will have the answer, but I will not be there to 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 see if it was a good decision or not. But uh, and because uh, I, I work hard, uh, but I enjoy it. I, uh, so you you're obviously investing a lot of money because there's a lot of changes happening every year that we come. Do you think someday it's possible to make money? Do you want a frank answer? Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No? No, I don't think it will be. Uh, for many reasons, maybe it's possible to, but not, not here. Here we have a magnific, a magnific, uh, magnificent. magnificent site, very large, but it's the quality of the site because it's very, very large. But it's always the problem of the site because it's so large that just to cut the grass, when I bought, uh, we, we spend 80 man's hour per week just to cut the grass. So uh, I had to buy to I bought bigger uh, lawn uh, lawn mowers. Right? And uh, for example, it's so large that. Uh, I cannot use a normal walkie-talkie to, 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 to control the, the entrance. Somebody has to be there. Uh, even if it's raining, uh, there's somebody there during the day and somebody there during the evening and uh, during the week and during the weekend. So it's, um, it's quite um, um, not expensive, but uh, even if when it's when it's a uh, nice weather, it's no problem. But the problem is uh, during the the months of May or during September. So um, that's the reason I don't think I will make a lot of money with that. But it, it, it's not really. I, I really don't care now. Uh, I'm 65 and I have enough money to 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 live. So uh, I, I don't um, anxious about that. So where are you going? What is going to be the next few years for that pumpkin? What do you want to do with this place? Or is it finished? Oh, no, it's not finished. <laughs> <laughs> Two years ago, I started to build a, a yurt. Yeah. Have you seen the yurt? Yes, I have, yeah. And uh, it's probably a, a way to um, enlarge the season because uh, I have uh, some members uh, f uh, who are friends too. They want to 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 be there, uh, to be here for maybe ten ten months, ten months a year. So uh, in a yurt, it's uh, comfortable and it's large, so they can they can uh, appreciate the the place, 
And uh, during, I should say, during uh, January and February, they go in south. And uh, during the, 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 maybe they come back in March, April, up to November, December. So uh, they don't need uh, another house than La Pommerie. Who, uh, who do you think, you're, you're, you want to get new members and you uh, want to get visitors. Yeah. Who, do you, who would like to come here? Who are you marketing towards? Uh, now I, I put uh, all my uh, energy to have uh, children mm -hmm. uh, because uh, as I, I as I wrote uh, last week, uh, for me when a, ba a baby cries, it's for me music. It's like music because uh, it's life. It's life, and uh, it's important to take care of the children because they will pay our. Uh, a pension uh, <laughs> when we will be older than now, and uh, also we must go give. Uh, how can I say it? To give back the nature what we received when we were young. So uh, <laughs> our parents took care of us, and we have to take care of the children. That's the the the. The love, the life. Yeah. I know, that's so. I, I, I'm looking, of course, um, uh, to have more children. But I like to um, to discuss with. Um, I should say not intellectual. That's not the good word. But uh, uh, it's incredible the the number of person here who have experienced a very uh, deep experience in life. And uh, for example, uh, three weeks ago, we had a, a conference. It's a member, and she's a, a doctor in uh, um, sexology, sexology, yeah. Mm -hmm. And she publicized a, a, a very big book, and we discussed about the book for uh, hours. Uh, we have a lot of uh, professor and uh, we have all the talents here. It's when you know the people, of course, people don't say uh, I'm judge or I'm a professor or I'm an electrician, but uh, I know the, 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 the member and uh, I realize that we have on the site uh, <laughs> all, all the profession <laughs> we need. Uh, anyway, yesterday I discussed with a guy, he is a... Um, uh, doctor in uh, philosophy. His specialty is the Aristotle. Uh, Aristotle. 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 Yeah. So, so I discussed with him with a glass of wine about Aristotle. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. But it's funny. We were new beside, and we we discussed. I don't know what he what he did, what he what he studied or thing like that. But when I realized that his PhD is on Aristotle, I say, okay, let's go and. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it very much. So, is is your your marketing towards families? Is it working? Yeah, uh, we we decide um, five years ago. I, I changed completely the way we um, we market the the, the place. Uh, previously, we we uh, we bought uh, advertising in newspaper mm -hmm. and. Uh, I realized that the 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 the, 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 the target the target 
was not the good target. So I say, okay, forget the newspaper and uh, how can I get more children? And uh, we, we sat with the firm and we uh, changed completely our way to market the place. Now we, we spend money only on the, on internet and uh, we don't uh, spend a penny in the newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, so what... What is your goal? How many uh, do you want to be? Twice as many people? Ten times as many people? When would you be happy? I I should say the breaking point is around uh, 300 uh, members. If I I can uh, reach uh, 300 members, I will be happy with that. Uh, Because uh, the quality is there. the, the quality of the activities, the, the, I don't want to, I, I have room here, it's very large, you know. I can uh, easily uh, build uh, 2,000 sites. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to uh, expend more than uh, 300 or 350. That's because at this point, uh, all activities work well, you see. Even if it's raining, uh, the restaurant will have, uh, I should say, uh, 50 uh, supper. So uh, the, the problem when we, when we are too small, uh, if you try to make uh, activities, you don't have enough people to to participate to this activity. So uh, I think that is the uh, the breaking point is around 300. And you, you have a lot of space for visitors too. Uh, oh, yeah. Beautiful sites. Do you, that's still going to continue? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, of course, because the only way to have members is to have visitors. <laughs> because, uh, in fact, the, the, the most difficult thing for us, I think, is to, to bring people here. When they are here, you say, oh, that's marvelous, and they rent a, a, a site. But uh, the, the problem is to, to bring them in the, on the site. So, uh, anyway. Uh, now we, the number of visitors is uh, directly uh, related to the weather. The the member is different. The rem- when you have when somebody is a member, he will be there even if it's rain. So it's uh, a way to to stabilize our income. Mm-hmm. The member is the stabilization. If it's raining or not, and it's a good uh, summer or not, it, it does not care because what they, they, they come here to have friends, to have relations, to have activities. They don't come here only for the weather. Because, uh, uh, for example, we have a vineyard here. So we are 30 members who, who work in the vineyard, and even if it's raining, we enjoy it. It's the uh, same thing. I have a 600, uh, 602 uh, apple trees, <laughs> and uh, we take care of the apple trees. But to take care of the apple trees, we have to do the work during the February or March. So the, during the winter, all the the gang of the apple trees they come and uh, we work and uh, we have a big party and that's it. And same thing with the uh, the vineyard and the same thing with the. Um, 
The same thing for the choir, you see. During the winter, they come, or we have a... a very often during the winter, we, 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 we receive a, maybe a 20 person we, for the choir, or for a meeting, or for marketing, or for the, the trees, or for... A, there's a lot of, a lot of activities, and uh, it's always the occasion to prepare a big meal and uh, have fun and... Uh, no, uh, I should say every every winter we receive uh, we organize uh, maybe ten activities like that. Mm-hmm. Every year I um, I rent I don't know if it's, I hire um, uh, dogs with the sleigh. Uh, Dog sled. Dog sleigh. Okay, the site is so nice. So uh, the, the, I, I rent maybe twenty four uh, dogs and three sleighs. And they, they come here for the day, the whole day, and uh, we we travel wow. we we travel all around the site and uh, with uh, and uh, champagne and, and all these things. So <laughs> I received a few years ago as a gift uh, a sword to cut the champagne. Oh yeah. So uh, <laughs> we we put all the bottle in the snow <laughs> and. Uh, the, the sword is there, and then we cut the the, the bottle, and uh, so it's it's a. Uh, there's also a lake. So uh, we skate on the, the during the winter. We skate on the lake. There's a lake, so uh, we skate on the lake, and uh, that's uh, there's a lot of party. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we are in a very uh, interesting time in naturism, uh, where a lot of clubs. Uh, have been around for many years and unfortunately many have closed because the owners um, have uh, retired and they've sold and and so I find with me a lot of naturists comes to me and they want to know even though I'm still relatively young what's the future why do I want to be here do you have an answer for that do you have a plan I mean you're still got many years to go but I'm sure people still wonder what will happen to La Pommerie when you had enough. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I spent uh, half, more than half of my life here, and I want to. Um, I want that the Pommerie survive or live. So, uh, of course, I have three children who were. Um, who were raised here and uh, who appreciate the place and uh, the the Pommerie is for them. But uh, in order to make sure that they will not uh, convert or change the the vocation, uh, in my world they are they are not allowed to change the vocation for the the two the first two years. So, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, another thing, uh, when I bought, I, I decide to have. Uh, what I call a, a council of orientation. It's like a council of administration, but uh, I'm the only owner, so it's not a council of administration, but yeah. it's a council of orientation. And I select in the, uh, among the members uh, one representative in every area because the Pommery is very large and it's like small uh, village. So uh, the council... Uh, as uh, six member, and uh, I said to my children, if I died, uh, 
just has the council to go on with the with the place because uh, they know the philosophy, they know the decision, they know the principle. We discuss so many hours during uh, 15 years about La Pommerie that they know the spirit of the naturist. The, my spirit of naturism, of course, uh, we, are, we, we don't have all the same uh, uh, point of view, but uh, they know, and uh, I think, suppose I died uh, uh, tomorrow morning, uh, the, the council will go on for at least uh, uh, two years, so the change will be slow. But uh, no, I think there's a place for um, naturism, but not from the point of view of nudism. Because now there's no interest. We, you can see a naked woman or man everywhere in every movies. It's very rare that you see a movie without at least uh, one view of somebody, uh, a naked body. So, uh, now the interest of naturism, I should say, uh, will survive if we take care more about ecology, ecological uh, aspect. The name of La Pommerie, the official name, is uh, uh, Naturism and Ecological. Uh, and uh, when you arrive, it's, it's the, the, the sign say ecological. And when I bought, I paint everything in green. Now you see green everywhere. Everybody are green now. But uh, 15 years ago, it was not the same thing. And 20 years ago, or 30 years ago, it was, even the word ecological was not, nobody knows what it was, <laughs> what was the meaning. Uh, for example, we start to um, compost, make compost. Compost. Compost, yeah. Um, I should say 20 years ago. Uh, we, uh, now I pay for the, the re recycle of the, I have to pay. It's not free when you are uh, when you are a, um, a business. If you are a resident, it's free. The city pay. But uh, if you have a, if you are a business, you have to pay. And every year I pay the company who come just to recycle, recycle the, uh, the, uh, the the waste. And uh, of course, it will be much cheaper for me if I just throw everything in the garbage. But now I think uh, we we must right now take care of the ecological aspect of naturism. For example, on the site we don't allow the the car and are not allowed to 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 travel. I should say not travel to, yeah, sure, yeah. to travel on the site uh, because uh, on the site uh, you you walk or you use a bicycle. That's the way to try. And it's good for our site because it's so large that you have to. <laughs> <laughs> to exercise. Yeah, okay. anyway. So you've traveled a fair bit. Uh, you've seen all types of naturists, maybe yeah. nudists. Yeah. What kind would like it here? Uh, here, I should say that we, we, we tend to to have the reputation to be a uh, naturism for the family, for the children, and we put the emphasis on the uh, ecological aspect. 
it's not a place for a party. Uh, some other camps say, oh, there, they are a snob or they are... A... No, we are not snob. We are what we are. Uh, and we, 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 we enjoy nature, for example. Uh, you you can visit all the site and we identify the trees and the the the, word, the birds and all these things. So, but there are good parties. There was one last night. Except the children are welcome too. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we have a, a, a big party, but it's not the place of, for for swing, a swinger here. It's a place for the family, and of course, we don't accept. Uh, any swinger or a thing like that, or voyeurism or a thing like that. Anyway, for me, the most important thing in naturalism is to uh, to make or to, to, to make an act of humility, I should yeah. say, to to arrive there and to say to all other people around you, "Here I am. I'm like that. I have a lot of quality." Uh, uh, and uh, you start to discuss with people and it becomes so simple, so easy. It, when you are completely naked, you cannot fake. And that's the main, the most interesting thing in naturalism is to be simple and to be not fake your relation with others. And uh, that's what I, I appreciate very, very much. Gilles and his son Bastien came to uh, visit uh, at Bayrooks just a few weeks ago, and we had a great. Uh, we sat down and had a, a nice drink and uh, some food and uh, enjoyed some great company. But most importantly, we talked about where naturism is going, where we want naturism to go within both of our clubs, and we agree on so many ways. And I think we're going to find we're going to be working together a lot more in the future. At least I hope so, because we certainly got along really well and we certainly have a lot of common ideas and common thoughts so uh, look for more cooperation between Bear Oaks Family Nature Park and Le Centre Naturiste de la Pommerie well that's all for this episode of the Naturist Living Show Thank you for listening, as always. My name is Stéphane Deschaines. I'm your host for this podcast. I'm also the owner, obviously, of Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. You can find links to all of the things I mentioned uh, in the show in the show notes on our website, which is at naturistliving.bearoaks. That's B-A-R-E, bearoaks.ca. Please keep sending all your comments and suggestions. I, I do read them all, and I do try to reply to every single one of them. And I think I do, but if I miss you, I didn't mean to, send it again, and I will reply, I promise. Um, I do appreciate getting them. It does keep me going because I'm obviously not making any money for this. Um, but I do, uh, I do it because I get great satisfaction out of knowing that people are interested in what I have to say and our vision of what naturism should be. The show's email address is naturistliving at bearoaks.ca. Again, B-A-R-E-O-A-K-S dot C-A, because we are in Canada. Join us again in about a month for the next episode of The Naturist Living Show. This episode of The Naturist Living Show was brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Traditional values means that naturism is more than just taking your clothes off. 
It is a life philosophy with physical, psychological, environmental, social and moral benefits. Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park strives to promote those naturist values in a modern setting that provides the amenities and services that our members and visitors expect. Free your body, free your mind. Learn more at www.bearoaks.ca. Thank you.